Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. How are you doing? It's Wednesday night, time for a Street Fight in the Basement show tonight. You can find us every single week doing this on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So if you want to jump in the chat, please do. We love to hear from people as we're doing the show. And there's also a bunch of cool folks that show up every single week to, to talk about you know, what we're talking about. So we appreciate everybody that watches the live stream. But of course... If you don't, you can't tune into the live stream. You just love the podcast. We've been doing that forever now. The started out in the basement, and uh, it's been almost it's been nine years now, going on ten. Right next year, next June, next summer is going to be the summer street fight, baby. Ten years in the game, uh, coming up next year. Uh, you can get more of what we do if you want to support the the crew and get more content out of us head over to patreon.com slash street fight radio where you can sign up for videos digital zines and all kinds of other things including bonus audio brian just dropped uh, the first episode of holy boys brian quimby from street fight radio tom sexton from the trillbillies podcast coming together to to host one of our premium audio endeavors and look at the uh what are those? What are those people called? I mean, I've been calling them mega pastors, but would you say God carnies? Televangelists. Televangelists. Yeah. The first episode, uh, I, I can give a little preview here. Actually, episode one dropped uh, the day we're recording this, and it's me, uh, Tom, and Leslie Lee talking about Jimmy Swagger. Next week, it will be Pastor Carl Lentz with Brett Payne, who was absolutely great. On the episode. And uh, Thank you. then uh, the next episode is Creflo Dollar with Pretty Bad Lefty from Twitter. Cool. Who was also fucking great. These episodes are coming out. I'm really proud of them. Yeah. I'm really proud of what these have been so far. And uh, Brett, the Carl Lentz episode is so perfect, for, was so perfect for Brett. And uh, I'm going to tell you all before you listen to this, every one of these guys gets me. Yeah. For at least a minute before I move on to the next. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I'm do we're doing them every week. So I spend a bunch of time watching uh, Carl Lentz. And I'm like, I can get down with some of this message. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I get what he's saying, you know? And then you're just like, this is like, he's a carny. Yeah. He's like a, a It's all so vague. That's what makes it easy to get down with is everything is so vague that you're kind of can make it mean whatever you want to you. <laughs> yeah, and and it's like like it's it's you under I understand why people get brought in by these guys. Now, now I will say this. Jimmy Jimmy Swagger uh not 100% sure why People get super, got super into him other than char charisma, but, um, Creflo Dollar, he's a hard one to buy into in a way because he's very rich, <laughs> like very, 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 very rich. And, uh, he loves money. Um, and, uh, uh, and it's the same thing with Carl Lentz. It's like this, he doesn't look rich when you look. Only the trained eye can tell how rich he is because mm. of the way he dresses. It looks like he he wears streetwear and stuff like that, Wait. which if you see it, you're like, I mean, 
oh, that's a neat T-shirt. Right. But you don't have a lot of people don't know how much that shit costs. Yeah, yeah, and even like some of the design. He's in. He's like a designer guy too. Like you, you wear a designer black T-shirt. It's seven hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. You know, and it's plain black, and it, it's. It's just cost that much, and people don't understand like, what you know. People, don't, it looks laid back and casual. You, you know, you look like a cool slacker. You'll hear more of this on the episode, but it's like the reason, the the reason guys like him are dangerous to me, because he some of his message is like anti racism and stuff like that. Yeah, he's and very like, big into that. Like, uh, so and and like he'll talk about like white privilege and shit, which is like that's pretty good but he is shepherding people into a very conservative lifestyle yeah and that's the thing you have to remember with all these guys yeah it seems i mean when yeah, that's the thing is when they go to the public it seems that's that's how they maintain their thing they can go to the public and it seems all uh you know very innocent and then you find out that carl lentz doesn't want their doesn't support gay marriage yeah you know like that's yep. that's a problem yeah or that that's not good old that's like that's not the kind of christianity that anybody wants to fucking sign up for or that they're working very hard to get people married yeah like when you know look i'm sure some of the people that listen to this show got married when they were 22 or something like that right but uh not a good time to get married yeah i just like even even I knew that. Especially if you if you're 22 and you find yourself in the grips of a fucking televangelist church, it's yeah. definitely not the time to make those kind of commitments. I've been with my wife for 20 years, mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't get married until we were together for almost 10. You know, because it was just like, oh no, we were together for longer than 10 because my kid was born, and it was it it was a practical decision, but we both always felt like. And this is weird. I, I this might be a weird thing, but it's like we're together and we love being together. And if you want to leave, you can leave. You know what I mean? Like we that's always been the deal from the very beginning with me and her. Is like if you don't want to be here, let's not yeah be together. And I promise the same fucking thing. Yeah, that's a, like I yeah I I agree. Me and <laughs> Eric are the same where it's like, I'm not going to convince you to fucking love me. It better yep. just come naturally. <laughs> you know, I don't think that I don't want to try to make this work. I yeah. really don't. I want to try to do other things besides work on the one person that, you know, I'm with having them, you know, accept me or, or whatever, you know, for what I do or who I am. Right. And it was like getting married uh, symbolized not being able to make that split as easy. Sure. You know, which, which like, for some reason, to me, it felt more powerful when that split could just be like, oh, we're done. Yeah. You know, this is it. I mean, we had a kid when we were 20, I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah, 28 or something like that. But I, she was in my wedding. But, like, I just, I, I used to always think, like, I don't think it's necessary that we get married. Unless you want some health care, though. That's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what it takes. Because I that was when I got I lost my job and Katie was just like one time when we were like 23, I think it was. Uh she I was such a loser at the time. We were living together at this time, but not really. Like she snuck me into her parents' house every night and I slept in her room and then left after everybody went to work. And uh at that time, like 
what was I getting at with that? I don't now. Where was I? You were, I don't know. You were talking about, uh, the, the, I was at 23, something about, I'm guessing me to marry her. We were laying in bed and we had just got home and we were just like hanging out and she was like really drunk. And she was like, Brian, let's get married. Let's just fucking do it. And I was like, why? <laughs> Yeah. Why are why are you thinking about this now? And she's like, "You can get insurance," which I already had insurance. But she, oh, I think I did just lose insurance. And she's like, "You'll have insurance, and we can file our taxes together, and we should just do it now. Let's just fucking do it." And then the next morning when she got up, I was like, you know, you asked me to marry you last night. And she's like, I was very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we waited and like, yeah, that's good. You should double check in the morning yeah, after everything's settled. Yeah. And, and like, it, it's just like, we, we never bought a house. And I think part of it was we like when, when I was there, when everybody was buying houses, you know what I mean? What do you mean? The, like the mortgage, the thing that led to the mortgage the prices. And I was an adult. Variable rate mortgages. You could get, you <laughs> could, walk, could to, walk to any shop in town, zero money down, and you get a mortgage. Uh, my sister got a house out of that deal and, and you know, ended up getting foreclosed on. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a couple of them. You know? That I know as well. And uh, 22 year olds that were just signed on the dotted line and. Their mortgage, you know, ended up being two times the amount after a few years. I know. And we were just like, I remember telling, I remember telling my sister when they bought the house that it was a stupid idea. I was yeah. Like, this is like a really bad decision. But when a guy that makes almost exclusively bad decisions tells you you're making a bad decision. It's true. <laughs> it's the boy who cried wolf situation. Yeah. yeah but yeah. actually, you know. Actually, you're right though. Like, because you're the canary in the coal mine at that point. Because you're like, I exclusively make bad decisions. Like, this is <laughs> this, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Because if I told, if, if the, at that point in my life I had said, like, this is a bad decision, you would probably like want to do the opposite yeah, of that. Sure. I was just right one time. <laughs> yeah, it, like basically, and, and this is my attitude. This is who I am as a person. I was right when it came to being negative about yeah. something because I'm I'm automatically negative about fucking everything. Sure, sure. You know, and uh, so there would be things that would happen that people would be getting into and doing. The mortgage thing is yeah. the thing where I was just like, no, you shouldn't take a house if you don't have enough to pay for it. I mean, yeah. you, know, you should be putting money down on that thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, they both had really good jobs at the time, but I had felt like I had actually felt like when they bought the house, it, it, it was kind of like, uh, um, you're stuck in the job now. Like this is your job now. And this is all you're going to do. Yeah. So I you were you weren't even smart about it. it. Yeah, no. you were just saying like no, man, you don't want a house, man. But it was just really it's actually just a bad idea to buy a house for $0 down cuz they're fucking destroying. They're going to destroy you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of I I mean, that was a weird time, dude. It was. There was a lot of people that did that. But me and Katie didn't buy a house. We didn't even try. We we never even considered it. 
Yeah, I was not in a good place. Otherwise, I would have signed up for that you fucking thing. Yeah. You would have fucking bought a house. You're lucky, almost, that you were doing your struggle time. Yeah. <laughs> my doctor keeps... My, my therapist keeps talking about my my struggle time. The, uh-huh. the, 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 uh, how it, how he thinks it like really profoundly affected my brain chemistry. Yeah, no, it's right. <laughs> Where he's just like, man, that the whole time you were, it seems like you, you will always feel broke. Well, which is interesting. Cause I do always feel it, he's like, even cause I explained to him, like, even when I have money, I feel like somebody's going to take it away tomorrow. Like, oh, you can't have that money. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, too, is, like, you were kicked out on your own without any sort of uh, backup plan. So that does create things where, in your mind, you are you just are saying, like, if this doesn't go well, I'm back to, like, stealing to get by. Like, yeah. if this doesn't go well, I'm going to have to do just fucking petty crime. Like, I'm going to be kicked right back down. And, it, and there isn't... Like, I mean, you have a network of people now that do support and love you and all that stuff, but you can't get it out of your mind that they can easily turn their back on you when you're the most in need, just because you've had that happen to you before. And so it's very easy to, you know, it's very easy to think that of everybody like, well, I'm I'm just going to be on my own, actually, if I go broke and no one gives a shit. Well, and I also feel a strange job security that I've never felt in my life. Like, I I know that sounds weird considering what we do, but I like have faith in my my craft, I guess, now uh-huh. in a way that that like no matter what happens, I can probably keep doing something like this now. Yeah. And uh, so I never felt that way doing anything else. Like, I guess it's probably because this depends on me. Yeah, you know, like a a, a a a thing where it's not up to one other person who might not like me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to hear about. It's, it's interesting so- to to hear about like uh, 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 that. What this does to people. What what what. What's the word? What what this kind of that kind of life does to people yeah the trauma that, it leaves behind the trauma I, the trauma I, of not having money and you know and being low to the point where you know you had to rely on other people for charity or you were couch surfing or you just woke up every single day and had no idea what tomorrow was going to look like and it felt like it was not going to be any better you yeah. know so the other thing i want to say though is about your therapy this is what cracks me up and like I friendship is putting up with like the worst of people. Like what you were talking about with the relationship with Katie is the same. It's like, I'm going to be me. You're going to be you. Like, that's the deal here. You can't, I'm not going to change in any sort of drastic way uh, for you. You just have to put up with me. And that's how I feel about you. But at the same time, I have been on the sidelines for, you know, a decade and just wishing to God that you could find a way out of your anxiety, (laughs) you know, like when you're on the sidelines and I'm like rooting for you and it does, it can be a lot to deal with, but I accept it and I'm fine with it. He, when you sent those texts about like oh the God. way that he the, that. the way that your therapist broke down your spiral, I was just ecstatic. Like I was just so excited that somebody was able to get you into that headspace and make you think of it differently because that's really what I want more than anything. 
Right. So I am, uh, I'm, 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 this wasn't like a private thing, but I'll explain what happened. We got the stimulus check and, uh, for the past, actually, when we moved to Grandview, I don't know how many years ago it was, but over a decade, 16 years ago, we moved out here. Okay. And the apartment we got was two bedrooms. And one of the bedrooms was going to be my office. I didn't do, I don't know why I felt I needed an office at that time. Sure. But I just felt like I needed an office. And uh, a month before we were about to move in to the place, Katie got pregnant. So I lost that office. Like I didn't have it. 16 years later, I'm making more money. And I, I paid all my bills up and uh, I got that stimulus check. And I said, I want a studio at my house that works. That's not just me sitting on my couch and making everybody else go into their bedrooms while I record. Yeah. I want something that works at my house. And uh, I bought all the stuff to put this thing together the way I want it to look. And then uh, here's what happened. Okay, this is the it's an eight step process, but this is what happened that night after you bought everything. And did you set it up? I hadn't set it up yet because I got it shipped, but okay. I did buy everything. So this was after okay. pulling the trigger on the payment. Yeah, it's probably 15 minutes after. So for 15 minutes, I was like really happy. You're like, cha ching, I, I did like, it. I did it. I got a studio. Like, I have a fucking, you know. I'll have a room that's mine where I can do my work and we'll make my podcasting at home easier and shit like that. This is to me for about 20 minutes felt like a practical and really good purchase. I can write it off next year. So there's also that. And like 20 minutes after that, I checked my bank account. And watched to the see how <laughs> come out. Yeah. To see how much came out. How yeah. much, you knew you were spending it, but then now you're watching it leave for good. And then an hour after that, I checked it again. And then an hour after that, I checked it again. And when I talked to my therapist, he said, how many times do you think you've checked it between making the purchase, which was the day before therapy and that time? And I know I checked it 10 times. I yeah. might have checked it 15 times. Like sure. I just, I checked my bank account when I'm stressed about money, you know, and even in the end, I have more than I ever in my life. Like I have more, more security yeah. money wise than I ever have in my life right now. So then here's what happens. This is the eight step process of an anxiety attack for me. I have the money to make a studio now. That's your first thought. <laughs> yep. Number two. Katie will have an office to actually work in because she's been having to work in the living room. She would like to use two monitors and uh, bought two office chairs. Dude, and she working, gets half the desk. Working from home on the couch will ruin your back. Like we need to get you need to get paid out some sort of healthcare dollars if you're working from the couch because it won't last. Yeah, you need a fucking office chair to sit in. So we got chairs and she gets half the table, so she can have two monitors. Uh, three. That was not cheap. It's true. <laughs> so you found a little nugget of truth. <laughs> so we're rolling into it now. Where boy, oh boy, I did it. And that was not cheap. Uh, I'm, you're not 
<laughs> that's where where that's where it done. has become not a positive, right? And it has right. now become all about the fact the cost. that it wasn't cheap. Yeah, uh, nothing else. Uh, number four. What if I bought the wrong stuff? <laughs> done it before, right? <laughs> I mean, everybody's done that. Before. Yeah, it's- I've we've blown tons of money in our lives. Yeah, and been like, oh fuck, this isn't the right thing. You <laughs> take it out of the box, and you set it up, and you're like, oh, this isn't the right thing. Yep, yep. Number five, uh, I probably shouldn't have spent that much. Which, by the way, <laughs> I uh, had to furnish a room, put a whole new computer in there, buy mics, mic stands, all this stuff. Like I needed all that stuff. Uh, uh. So I had to spend that much. I yeah. I went relatively cheap on the computer because I don't need much from a computer and right. I already have a laptop. So I was like, okay, uh, I probably shouldn't have spent that much. You know, we will hold some back, pay for some later. But the thing is later, I'm not going to have the money yeah. to make this happen. Right. And yeah. And like, wh- what is the point of making a studio that is five eighths done? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I spent less money, but now I don't have the stuff I need to get this accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So here comes number six. Katie is probably disappointed in me. No. Which is. You think she's checking the bank account just as much as you are? She doesn't even know how to check the bank account. She never checks it. Yeah. I just tell her how much we have. Yeah. And, uh, 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 but I don't know why. Yeah. But now we're leading into now. I have disappointed my wife. She's mad that you had enough money to renovate the fucking third room into an office. Now it's now she's pissed about it. Yeah. Now, God damn it. <laughs> now I've got a workspace. Now I've got two monitors. I hate this. <laughs> I hate it that now I, I can't work on the couch anymore. Yeah. Katie's very disappointed. Yeah. In this. yeah. Number seven. I'm going to go broke. Which was. Yeah. I mean, spending money, one. spending money will make you go broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I That's know, but the, I'm not going broke right now. No, okay. no. I'm yeah, a, yeah. Pretty good spot. Eight. I'm going to get really sick and die. Oh, really? And then, <laughs> I just laid in bed and flipped out about this. So, For like, just imagine all you- night. I couldn't calm down. I felt bad when I got here. I did it last Wednesday. <laughs> I felt bad. I told you I feel like shit. This is the first thing I said when I got here. So you just imagine yourself like in your coffin, watching up above, and being like, "Man, I shouldn't have bought that shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why did I buy that? That's what killed me. <laughs> I was stupid enough to get this office, and then I got cancer. Yeah, she. That is, but that is like how. Yeah, that's how all it's irrational. My thought processes go. That's how. That's how. Like I, we can when we what? sold out shows in New York. You were and like, I'm gonna left, go- and then I'm like, I'm probably gonna sick and die. Well, that's the very final thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. But there's also negative. Yeah, but I'm not home. Katie's it- probably pissed that I'm out. She probably thinks I'm partying and doing all this stuff. Uh, 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 uh you know, I bought this on the road and I shouldn't have spent that money because they need money at home yeah. and, and stuff like that. Like that, that feeling happens. 
that is how like everything that hits me as a person, that's how it's received. And that's how that's I all, all internalize it. And then that's how I have panic attacks every single night. Yeah, you know all, what roads, I mean? all and, roads lead to that. And if, and, and if I'm going to get sick and die, that's a Corona thing that hasn't been there forever. It just usually ends with, I'm going to be broke. Oh really? Yeah. I don't, I don't have health scare stuff, you know? You have in your before. In my but not, past. But not anymore? Not. It doesn't cause me panic attacks. All right. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I, I don't. I've, I haven't had a panic attack in 10 years until Corona. But I've had heavy, heavy, heavy low hum of anxiety for the whole time, for my whole life. And my anxiety, like, isn't, like, it's weird because, like, you think you can beat it with positive achievements, but I never feel good about my achievements. The other thing I was saying, told, not that good advice. The other thing that I was told that made me feel really good was that like, um, your achievement, like if you're doing things to spite people and cause that's how every, every impulse I have is to be like, I can fucking do this. Fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like with college. That was like me because my dad used to always say shit like, uh, oh, you just weren't like really good at school. So I went and graduated college. Well, actually, I just saw a clip from Steve Martin and he said uh, somebody looked at him and said, you're a really strong writer. You're never going to make it as a stand up comedian. And he says now they looks at it. He was like, that was the permission that he needed. Like he needed somebody to prove wrong. He needed a villain. And that was for him to be like, all right, I'm not going to write. I'm going to become the biggest stand up. Yeah. Instead, you but know? it can lead to an emptiness. It, when is. it happens because the people that don't really support you or don't really understand what you do or care that much about what you do. Uh, those people are never going to they give you the the thing so you have to figure out a way to like it's all with you yeah i need to figure out like a way to not think like you have to get satisfaction from things without uh, the approval of others or without somebody else like uh you without, know without choosing somebody that would never fucking say anything positive like yeah like you're i'm choosing like my dad who is somebody my dad would never say i really like what you do and I'm proud of what you've done, and you 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 make some pretty interesting art. Yeah, my dad doesn't know, has never seen a minute of what I do, and he doesn't give a shit about it at all. You know? Yeah. So, but it is weird that we're wired that way. To, to not all of us. I, I mean, mean, you're it, wired that way. Yeah, I'm wired <laughs> in a very negative way. But uh, I wanted to talk about uh, before we got into that. We were talking about like the, the trauma people have from from being broke. Yeah. You know? And uh the Federal Trade Commissioner Christine Wilson was um I don't know what she was doing. I it's just a clip. I got this from Zan Sandeep Va Vahizen. I actually got it from Sam Knight. But <laughs> uh uh and she she's writing this paper and she credits JD Vance with like a quote and like, I want to read this quote because I think me and you will have very strong. I know I have strong feelings about it in the memoir, hillbilly elegy author, JD Vance described the value of alternative financing programs for credit challenge consumers like himself and his family. 
While attending the Ohio State University, Vance worked as a staffer in the Ohio State Senate as restrictions on payday lending were debated. Vance observed that the senators and policy staff debating the bill had little appreciation for the role of payday lenders in the shadow economy that people like me occupied, and described an instance in which a payday loan enabled him to make a rent payment on time. Um, it's, uh, those payday lending is, like, this guy's defending predatory lending, right? Like, this is, like, I mean, the loop, I, I, I don't think he's, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think he's right, though. In a weird way, like, a bunch of rich people saying, let's get rid of payday advance loans, like, at a certain time in my life, that would have fucking ruined me. I agree with that, but, like, they're still not, like, a pillar of the community. They're no. taking advantage of people that can't afford what they can't afford it. Yeah, they're a damnation of, like, the entire fucking working system. I yes. mean, they're, they're only there to make money off of people that got in a bind one time. Yes. I mean, that's really what it is. You, you, you... You need five hundred dollars once, right? Yes. To, and the, to pay, that's the, that's kind of the shitty thing too, when he's talking about paying his rent. Because yep. how the fuck did you borrow enough to pay your rent and then have enough the next month? Because yes. there's not enough money coming in. Yeah. Every time I ever had to, I would write for five hundred to get my car fixed, and then I would have to go in two weeks and give them a check that was written out for five hundred and seventy-five dollars. Now, I never planned. I never. I could not take a six hundred dollar hit on my paycheck. No, no possible way. Impossible. Yeah. So you could write the next day for five hundred dollars and get get another payday advance. Essentially, you're just paying seventy five dollars every single two weeks to to rent your money back or whatever it is. Also, in a lot of cases, you're paying that money. I don't know if they still do this, but they also have. They also will pay your bills for some money too right so people oh, that yeah. can't get a bank account can come in there no there's and plenty of that cash and they'll pay your electric bill but they'll take a little bit off the fucking top yeah for that too it's also yeah that's one of the things too is they they do the wire transfer when it comes to gas and electric bills so you're in there and then you're you're in a bind and then as soon as you take the money like you're stuck yeah and i i i know i posted this on twitter but uh one of the one of the accomplishments that I had for the period of my life where uh, I, I was I was as broke as I've ever been when I, when I was at sort of the bottom level of, of like I basically financially like rock bottom, you know, uh, I, I, I would go to the payday event just like Brett said, I would go to the payday events place every two weeks and trade this $500 for $575 and then come in the next day because you couldn't you write can, them two days that you had to do it saying and come in the next day. You couldn't write the same day. Yeah. It was that's, a, the, that's probably the law actually that they were putting in the books because when JD Vance was there, because I, I remember that the other wall that they did though. Well, what, what year was this? I don't know, man. Okay. Uh, I, I guess I can look it up. No, no, it's fine. This, no, I guess they wrote him recently. I don't know when he did it or not, but there was also a time when it went, you could write for 800 
Yeah. It went from 500 to no, 800. they're up to 1,000 now. I they think. are? Yeah, I, let me look. But, uh, but I got to the point where when they said you can write for 800, I was like, no, no, no. I like this little $500 deal. You, <laughs> you charge me $150 a fucking month because I was desperate two, th- two or three years ago. Let's just keep that rolling. I don't want to get deeper in debt with you. Right. These, these businesses, I, I mean, I guess you could say you, I understand, right, that there is a need for people to be able to get short-term loans. Right. But I also feel like taxes are kind of a community pot where, like, maybe if somebody needs a short-term loan to get their car fixed, we just pay for that. Yeah. Somehow. No, I agree. I, I think if I'm paying taxes, uh, I I want I don't want people like I don't want people like go uh I'm trying to think of the word, like just siphoning money off of the people that need it more than anybody else. And I know people I mean like I knew people that got like the dream sort of blue collar job you know the the cable guy the electric guy the 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 warehouse the warehouse guy right like i knew i knew people who got who ended up getting that job and um still like you get into a i grew up in them man my i mean like every friday my dad worked four tens and fridays we would go to to check smart and then we would go to the arcade like every fucking friday yeah and you know, I mean, I don't, I, I guess I did, I said that wrong. It's just a matter of like they, it's stupid. And like the hillbilly elegy is such an asshole in a way where he, he, uh, he is able to prevent all of the richy rich people that he's around from actually engaging with what the life of a payday advanced person is. He provides some sort of protection where he's like. Ah, you know what? I had one one time. It was actually kind of beneficial, you know, like it helped me out on my rent one time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but there's a lot of other people that are doing that week to week thing. Uh, Honestly, here's what I think. I feel there should be a cap on how long you can do it. I've always said the easiest way to solve this is that if I'm paying $150 a month for the same $500 I borrowed, can I do this for just six months? Like, could I pay $150 for six months and then you just be fucking done with it and you call it over with, right? Yeah. There's yeah. no decency. They're, they are the worst. Yeah. And they just take so fucking much. I'm still trying. You got to, like, apply to get the... Well, uh, when I was... Yeah, the online ones were up to 1000 when I was oh, doing oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think I remember right near the end, I remember the 800 but... For some reason, I also remember seeing like a thousand dollars. You could get a thousand online. I re- I was at. I remember being at my job and on break, getting on the phone with like some sort of payday advance customer service to get an online payday advance loan. That motherfucker, I never paid back. Yeah, I I um in the in in the two years in the year I was driving for Lyft. I got halfway through a bunch of those payday advance loans. Yeah. The, the online Montel Williams ones. Like I, but like, it's just like this guy being able to come out and speak 
he he trades on his I've been experience there. growing up. I, he, it's he, bullshit though. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, it, you're. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I think that like he takes these lessons where like I I feel like like he is like like they deserve this. He does. It, I mean, it comes me. off as like he's an outsider. It totally comes off like he was never a part of this, and that like he did he never identified with his fucking grandma and his mom and all these relatives of his. He never once saw the human side of this. Mm-hmm. I. I was fucking ecstatic when I went to get my second payday advance loan and they were like, you can have the money. That did feel good. Yeah. And but it I, felt good when you paid it off. It yes. felt like I, that was one of the things I wanted to say. Like, you know, when I paid it off, it felt like a, a major great accomplishment. And I felt like really good. And, and when I got, you know, when I paid off my last payday advance, I, I like felt like I accomplished something, but I did. I did not. I just gave a company a bunch of money. Yeah, and but like, I mean, he's trading on the he's he's trading on that though, which is I think which sucks because you're cutting the story short. Like this person was ecstatic that they got the money. You're right, Mister JD Vance, but you have to play it out on what this type of lending does in the way that it ruins a lot of people's lives and takes. Staying $75 from someone that's making $10 an hour is a huge dip in yep. fucking income. Yep. It's it's absolutely in, in, insane. I did it for five years. I did Maybe too. More, I did know? it forever. I mean, I don't I that's I can't believe that I it's so weird to think about it, but I had two of them going. Like I, yep. I would go sometimes I would there was a 20 there was a couple 24 hour locations that I would have to go to when they saw mail baby yes <laughs> <laughs> when they started making us work mandatory overtime and shit I would get out of work at one in the morning with my paycheck and be like there has to be money in there tomorrow or I'm fucked over you yeah. know yes yeah and it's just like when and- you're talking about something like this, the people that get them aren't particularly like proud that they get them or anything either. They're like, hi, I was hiding it from everybody but my wife. Yeah. Basically. I had another buddy that we both know together. Uh, one of our good friends who sometimes we would go together to get our payday advances. I, that's the other thing about getting payday advances is they make you put down three real phone numbers. Like they'll check the phone numbers. Yeah. And so I had my mom, which she did paydays all the time. She didn't care. I had my girlfriend, which was like great cover because she didn't care. And then the third was my buddy. And I remember him saying a few years later, he was like, man, they were hounding the shit out of me about those payday advance loans that you didn't pay. (laughs) And I eventually just got on the phone and said, you know, leave me the fuck alone. I don't know who the the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) But they had a good laugh out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They appreciated it. Yeah, I've gotten calls for relatives that have been they, put you down. They put me down, but they didn't. I let I you know. Yeah, you gotta let somebody know when you put their name down. I know. I did. I used uh, my sister and uh, her husband, and um, fuck, I don't remember who the other. I'm like maybe one of Katie's sisters. We used the three is tough because three is like you can always get your mom. <laughs> Right, most of us can. My, get, I wouldn't have wanted. To, most though. people can get a mom or a dad. Most people can get like a spouse person. That third one is like has to be your homie. It has to be like your BFF, <laughs> somebody that isn't like 
Like, and you feel terrible about it. That's really yeah. all it comes down to was like, I had to pick the person that I was willing to say, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Like, I don't have enough money to fucking live. I mean, I, I, and that's stupid that he felt ever felt bad about it. I, I mean, I spent years feeling bad about I, for, every you, Friday doing that. Yeah. I was embarrassed that I had to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would be embarrassed. And I worked my in. fucking ass off. I was not yeah. a loser. Like, these are not, these things are for people with jobs. These yep. are the, like payday advance loans are people that have steady income. You can't just walk in and get $500 handed to you. They're taking advantage of, you know, all of the people that make less than $15 an hour and, and need and have a crisis in their life. Yes. They're going after them and, and making an incredible amount of money off of it. And, we feel bad about it. Like this, this it's the genesis of street fight. Like we said before that to feel bad about needing help or working 60 hours a week and still not having enough to pay the bills. I mean, the, gen the, uh, the payday advance thing is so important to this show in that like, uh, and I wish we got more calls about it to tell you the truth. Cause well, I mean, I hope people aren't doing it, but I would love to hear people's stories of getting out of it and, the and best stuff like that or, or what they're dealing with doing it. But like me and Brett's bond really happened in that, in the period where like he was the first person I ever talked to about these, that uh, check, payday advances and and the way to pay your bills when you're broke the you know this one can go this month and then i'll just pay the the fee to yeah. make sure it doesn't get disconnected next month sort of thing and when me and you me and you talked about that we had like these like frank conversations but i think we even did a podcast about it and i was just like this dude fucking this dude knows what i've been through like you're the you're one of the first people i've met that was candid about that period of your life yeah and i was still sort of in i was like uh barely out of it when when me and you started hanging out but like uh i i, I think there has to be a better fucking solution yeah we can't have them like these things need to go away and i just think it's like such because an indefensible position to even defend them in a way it is the I only mean, reason i the only thing i say is if they outlawed them tomorrow we would have to like fucking take whatever profits they have and split it among the people It'd be a bailout that that you have to write off everybody broke. that owes if they shut them down and everybody that owed got written off yes yeah yeah but crime would go up because people still need four hundred dollars in a pinch well that is the other thing there has to be some way that like maybe you can go to have enough to, to an live. office this, and but yeah have enough that's to all live. it is that's really what it comes down to because jd vance is talking about it as if some sort of like retiree finds himself in a bind as if they don't have tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt that's absolutely available to them yeah right like you know the people that are in the suits the people that are doing spreadsheets they don't have to deal with this this is exclusively a problem of the essential workers as we call them now this well, is the, all essential worker problems i would say that how do you make end meet how do you make ends meet when your check is less than 400 dollars a fucking week well i would also say that these businesses victimize people 
who even like work at like the the lowest levels of the big employer in town like maybe if somebody worked at nationwide insurance and they sure they call center even being paid that's right i mean this is it's 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 a it's a problem for people that make less than 15 dollars an hour like it really is exclusive to that and the issue is that we are not paying enough money for people to live we could get rid of this problem if people yeah. had enough to get by it would be very or we easy lowered the burden on them even like if 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 you're gonna pay people shit wages maybe don't make them pay for electricity and fucking uh uh gas and these like k and internet and stuff maybe make those a human right yeah which if you're in the richest country in the world that shouldn't be all that hard to do yeah you know uh but yeah, it's something I've always been surprised we don't hear as much about. But I also understand that like people don't like to talk about it. And there was a period of time where like I didn't like to talk about it because like I thought it would just lead me back to it. Like it was this weird like kind of uh, a karmic thing. Whereas like if I talk about this, you're gonna I'm going to be back at Checksmart writing a check. You know, yeah. one thing I was proud of was that me and my wife didn't both write uh, which was like on, only i wrote that is pretty good she wrote that's a good restraint yeah 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 we didn't we didn't ever go in and you know get two checks you know which, I'm, i got two checks yeah. <laughs> i got two checks yeah yeah i mean like i'm i I mean, this hundreds. Shit. I mean, the, when you, when you <laughs> say it out loud, I mean, they just made hundreds of dollars a month. Not like it's not it's not interest where it's like, oh, you borrowed money from us. We're going to it's one percent. Yeah. It's ten dollars a month for the next fucking forever until you pay it off. Hundred and fifty dollars a month. Yeah, on my check. Hundred and fifty dollars a month. And then, her, yeah, then having a partner dip in, and they're they're also spending a hundred dollars or more a month. We're spending a whole paycheck trying to just not pay back the money that we needed three years ago. Yeah, I was making like seven hundred and something dollars every two weeks at yeah. the time, and it was just like fucking. If we hadn't fallen into that habit, like we would have probably f gotten our shit together a lot quicker. I, I think it like slowed our development towards getting our shit together it's for a really long time. It like, it does so much damage. Like it does so much damage to the way you see the world and your life. And like, but it provides also, a ritual though. Yeah. I also, but I also think like the JD Vance thing of like, they romanticize this thing as though it's like this community service that's here for the people and uh, we can't get rid of it. And like, he gets to use that because he's done it because he, he grew up in that kind of See, thing, but he, he didn't show up that to make, he gets to use that to make the conservative argument that everything's fine. You know? Yeah. Wait until you walk into one of those places and they say, hi, Brett, are you writing again today? Yeah. yeah. Like that, that does not feel good. That's nothing to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. That proud. I mean, I mean, no, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's a completely different experience than what uh, JD Vance is trying to sell. You know, it, it may, you know, it, 
like he presents this idea as it's somebody that you can borrow five hundred dollars from if you fucking need it, and instead of just it's the same people going over and over in there, going in there over and over again because they needed five hundred dollars at one point in their life. Yeah, that's the conversation we don't have about those places. Yeah, and that's what they failed to miss, and like that's what he uh, he sucks. Yeah, so uh, that was <laughs> that was the JD Vance portion of the show. I I hate I I, I hate never him. read the book, but he's got a movie coming out, and like it fucking <laughs> sucks to me that the one of the the that the guy that made it out, which who knows how much of like his well, story or whatever or his personal like adult life was like I, I I don't know anything. Yeah. But I know that like he's the guy that made it out and gets to define the narrative of, of because everything's okay. I survived. I got through. Yeah. Tell him to, like, oh no, they're used to it. They're used to this function. They love it. Poor people just love you know, they wouldn't have anything to do on a Friday if you didn't have a payday advance center for them to grow up. They or to to go to. They would just get drunk or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. I They'd grow I up want, in. That's I, a Freudian slip. What? That was a Freudian slip to say grow up because I grew up in those fucking places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, the uh, I, I'm sorry. Actually, so Erica, my wife, did read Hillbilly Elegy because she is tapped into some like liberal type fucking news streams like she's npr shit yeah i don't mind i don't complain like she knows where i'm at and like i don't think that it's brainwashing once again i don't think that she's brainwashed and she she started like she started listening to this audiobook she does audiobooks and i heard hillbilly elegy i didn't know i had never read it before yeah but as soon as it was playing on her phone i was like are you listening to hillbilly elegy and she was like Oh, you know this book? And I was like, yeah, what do you think about it? And she was like, the guy seems like an asshole because I went through a lot of these same situations and he seems to blame the people yeah. that were involved in them. Yeah. She like that that's me simplifying it, but like when we talked about it, she was like, This guy's an asshole because he he thinks that like they're these people are just like that and they aren't doing it out of like need or desperation. N- desperation. Yeah. And it just comes off as this this thing like I I made it through and she's somebody that made it out of it too. She's somebody that, you know, she's somebody that didn't make it out of that kind of stuff too. She actually worked as a manager at a payday advance loan. Yeah. 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 yeah, Your wife went through a lot of shit, you know, like, like I, she's had, I've had conversations with her where she said things that I've very much related to in that, in the same way that I relate to you. Yeah. Like I really respect her. It's like, it's one of those things that's like, your life feels so devoid of opportunity at a point in your life. I mean, I, I don't know if everybody feels like this, but when you're a person that doesn't have a backup plan, you don't have a, your parents' house to move back into, you don't have a grandma to ask for money, you don't have any of this stuff. Right. There, you, know you're, you know your parents don't have enough to pay for you to be a fuck-up. Yes. And here you find yourself as a fuck up <laughs> and you're, you have depression and you yeah. have anxiety and you have all of these things and you have no health care and you have no dental care and you have nothing. And you do feel like it's all because you're a, just born bad or something, yes. you know, you're born a it, fuck up. You, you, or you're just like, 
Yeah, you're not smart enough and you're never going to be able to what would What's like, wrong what with would me? You even do I'm not like like just like I'm not the kind of guy that gets to go on the radio. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the kind of guy that gets a computer programming job and makes $100,000 a year at, you know, or whatever, $500,000 a year. Yeah. Like you just think of yourself as this I'm I'm at my full potential and my full potential is not enough for this world. <laughs> and also but no and when what she what she got right is that it feels dead end. Everything feels mm -hmm. like a dead end. Mm -hmm. You you understand that other people have these amazing things that are happening in their life, but your family sucks ass and your family isn't going to support you to to do your dream job and they set you up to be negative as fuck about everything. Yeah. And you have five or six fucking siblings that you're that have worse problems than you yes and you make it out of this type of situation and and to to like the jd vance thing it just completely ruins it because he missed it like he just decided to idolize himself instead of having humanity with everybody else that was involved with those situations like yeah that survivor bias is is just despicable well and people love them like the npr type people love it because you know there are a lot of people who maybe haven't gone gone through this listening to npr i didn't even yeah. know npr was a thing until like 2006 or something like that yeah absolutely <laughs> and uh and uh they maybe don't have a lot of contact with people i mean they I know that like Scott Horsley has an he's an NPR guy. I'm just looking at an NPR uh. story and his name's Scott Horsley, so the NPR heads will pop from that. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like uh he's never met somebody like me. And look, now at this point, maybe there's a chance that I could have met him and talked to him, but then it doesn't mean anything coming out of my mouth because like I'm I'm not yeah. in that situation anymore, but he doesn't talk to anybody like me when I was 30 years old, yeah. when I was fucking 24, you know, like these people have never been in contact. So they think that this guy has been in contact with these right. people and that he's the guy that they can, he wears a bow tie so that like they can talk to the guy with the bow tie who has written a payday advance. Yeah. And he can relay the story. And yeah. his story, when he relays it, is uh, these people can't handle their own. They can't handle responsibility. They're irresponsible people. And they will never do the right thing. And they would have never done the right thing because it's not in their character. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. No, it's right on the money. That is really is. Like, uh, like. It, it's just infuriating because he doesn't represent us at all because the fucking broke people that I know that do make something of themselves break their backs doing charity work and doing extra time and spending every second of their lives helping out the people around them. And this motherfucker, you know, has the audacity to turn his back on his whole family and call him pieces of shit and say, you know, I'm the successful one. And I, and like, I get, I get to reap the rewards of that now. Like dedicating my life 
He's using it as like, yeah, he's using it as like contrast of like, I came from nothing and now I'm fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I know that made it out has, has come to more my way of thinking where it's like, I don't think anybody should have to go through this. Yeah. I don't think this should happen to another human being That's for what the it- rest of time. And I will do everything I can to make sure that I'm advocating for people not having to live like this. Yeah, I would say I like did. yeah, I mean I I mean I've managed I've managed my anxiety in a way where I don't have the same going broke like I've been through the going broke thing, but now I've just come to understand that I'm I'm not at I'm not in that same lifestyle and I don't have to worry about it the way that I did before. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that um, I don't believe nobody else should ever have to fucking deal with payday advance loans or mm-hmm. especially working. Like we said, this is these are working people we're talking about. People who, who make, you know, there's probably if you work in an office, there's probably a few people if you work in a big office, there's probably a few people that you work with that get payday advances. That's yeah. just the way it is. It's like, it's like almost like they, they think you don't, it's almost like everybody thinks you don't deserve to like actually get to live until you have somehow stepped on somebody's head and gotten to the third level. Up. Yeah. At any business, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. I, it comes down to him. It's like, like you said, like, well, that's that's their punishment for being poor. Like, we want to make poor like a very bad lifestyle. We want to make it something that like isn't appealing. And so we're successful at that. We're doing a good job at that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is everybody. Uh, it's just I, I I wish people understood this more. I wish people talked about this stuff more and not in the way that yeah. JD Vance talks about it. I mean, it's the same thing with like fucking coronavirus. Like we should have experts talk about this stuff. We should have people that actually did payday advance loans talking about it. Yes. Like yeah. there, there's no reason to like have somebody pontificate about these things that hasn't lived the goddamn life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I yeah. So I got this story. We can do some. We can do a few more things before we get out of here. I got this story from Kentucky that NPR posted, which is Scott Horsley, actually, from NPR posted. And uh, I'm going to read it. And it, it is done in, in NPR. It's written in NPR voice. So there's nothing I can do about that. Okay? Well, clean up your t- clean up your trash mouth. Um, Sit up straight. Sit up straight so that you have your here, everything me, is in line. I want to hear this a shot. Let me give, want, let me give this a do shot. Do your best diction on this. $600 per week. That's what the federal government is now offering to people who've lost their jobs because of the coronavirus. For many workers and employers, that money is a godsend, a way to keep food on the table while also cutting payroll costs. But the extra money can create some awkward situations. Then, like some music plays. And then, uh, okay. <laughs> Is that okay? That's the kind of music they play on NPR, I think. You're too soloist on that. I always think of just like a little bit of anxious piano, like boom, boom, boom. 
like whenever they start doing that, like when they start building, when someone starts talking and they do the bump, bump, bump on the piano, you're like, oh, fuck, this is about to go off the rails. That's the thing. Like, this is why we could never be on NPR, because if I was doing this and I wanted to add some music to it, <laughs> I would put just a, add somebody shred A riff. <laughs> you're like, that creates a problem for people. <laughs> <laughs> when real important part of the story's going on, it's just like this. <laughs> yes, in the background. Yeah. That's well, the kind of fucking radio I want to do. A cafe owner in Kentucky <laughs> found out. <laughs> and just like a guy going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when it hits hard? Yeah, when like when start- it starts hitting hard, you got to get in like a, hell. Or a Damage Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we play on my show. If NPR bought the rights to the Damage con- Incorporated, <laughs> that'd be cool. Listen. I mean, Nimbana fuckers on NPR, like they look down at people who listen to like, uh, uh, like the Blitz because they're like Monster Energy drink and stuff like that. And it's like, I turn that shit on and they're like five-hour energy drink. They're selling the same NPR. shit to them that the Blitz is selling to their listeners. NPR is trash. Anybody that tries yeah. to sell you five-hour energy is not your fucking friend. I know. I, I know. Uh, we, we basically have... So, th- uh, okay. But the extra money can create some awkward situations. Some businesses that want to keep their doors open say it's hard to do so when employees can make more money by staying at home. We basically have this situation where it would be a logical choice for a lot of people to be unemployed, said Sky Marietta, who opened a coffee shop along with her husband Jeff last year in Harlan, Kentucky. Uh, Their goal was to provide good coffee, good internet service, and some opportunity in a community that has been starved of all three. If you're paying these motherfuckers, if you're not paying these people $600 a week, at least, then you don't need people. Just run your own fucking store. What? I mean, I hate every single person that thinks coffee is going to save anybody. (laughs) They're we just don't saying fucking they need want to it. hire people. It's not for you know everybody. No, but they, what they were, their reason for saying that they wanted to open it up and the opportunity. Yeah, right. They're going to, they wanted to hot. They were going to have employees. Yeah, we're going to have a morning gonna person and a night person. I know. They're going to hire <laughs> four people. <laughs> we're bringing a lot of prosperity to this community. Why don't you and your, why don't you two, why doesn't Sky Marietta and whoever else, her, her partner, why don't they just run? Yeah, the just fucking, thing? yeah. You wanted to make the coffee. You know? Yeah, we wouldn't hire somebody else to do the podcasting. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I'm just going to hire a couple of guys to come in and do the show next week. Yeah. Yeah. I have others. I have emails to answer. (laughs) I I can't just get out there and make the coffee. (laughs) People want their fucking street fight, and we'll give it to them, but with two other guys whose names start with B. Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have like a turnover rate of about eighty percent. You know, every three to four months, <laughs> before somebody can get full benefits, that's when we'll decide whether we hire them or fire them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the real decision is made. Like, can we? We've done ninety days with this fucking person. Can we do it again? By the way, this fucking person hiring somebody 
at a at a uh, uh, whenever you think you're fucking hiring people as charity or benevolent, like <laughs> get out of here, get get out. You're a monster. Even... You're like we. I wish we had like ancient. I, I wish we could make like new legends and myths and lore. We need to come up with some sort of like interdimensional demon for what this person is. <laughs> for somebody that calls employment like charity. Opportunity. Well, by the way, I mean Opportunity. That's yeah. that's a great one. Yeah. They get the, yeah, opportunity. Opportunity always sometimes presents itself in a pair of work boots. Yeah. <laughs> right? It does. <laughs> a smock. Opportunity presents itself in a smock. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I think it's interesting also that that like community in a community that has been starved of all three. It's like, well, if there's like not a lot of jobs yeah. or money in the city, <laughs> then people aren't gonna buy your four dollar coffee. <laughs> no. Like, what? Not a, a smart idea. Not a stable job for the people employees either. People aren't doing well around these parts. We've introduced five dollar coffee to <laughs> ease their burden. We got Chemex here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the good stuff. We got a nitro cold brew in this place. All of it. All that stuff. You're gonna fucking love this stuff. It 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 really is fun. I mean, you know, being a small business. A small business owner is a little Christ-like. Yeah, we're very committed to helping transform the downtowns and main streets in eastern Kentucky. Just Marietta one. Said. Just one. Oh. Get to get a year. She's talking like she's a franchisee owner already. Well, they're trying. They, they want to be, be there. They want to be a really big coffee shop like all the other very big successful coffee shops. Right. There's one. There's one. There's one. There's not even two. Pete's is two. Pete's. Okay. Pizza ain't here though, man. Pizza's hard to find. Like when if you if there's a pizza near you, it's like your special place to go. And it's still like a gigantic global corporation. Yeah. When we were up in the Midwest, I was like, Caribou. I haven't been there. Oh, in a while. yeah, caribou. You know, because the one in my neighborhood closed. They got years chased ago. out of town. Yeah, well, I didn't get chased out of town. There's just two better coffee shops within like a half mile. I call that chased out of town. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Uh, oh, these these are the worst kind of small business times. I know they're yelling at people. They're just, probably scorching the fucking coffee. Well, they're probably not roasting the beans, right? You never know. They're probably scorching them. They got. I mean, whenever you pretend like you got into your job for anything other than money, like you've lost me. You're being <laughs> facetious. Yeah. You started making coffee to make fucking money. Yeah. You want to make money. You wanted a, and then number two, you wanted a cool little place you can go yeah. hang around in all day. Yeah. But not really do any work because you hire a bunch. You of wanted people. to watch other people from, <laughs> from a little a stool on the outside of the coffee preparation area. You just wanted to watch them and be like, they work for me. I'm so benevolent. I'm just letting them do it too. It's <laughs> fucking great. People are banging down the door. They want to work for me. God, people want jobs, and I'm providing them. I've got one, <laughs> two right there. There's two jobs I made. I made. <laughs> There's one other person yeah. in there. It's, She's sitting at a table with the, the owner is sitting at a table with a laptop open, and they're fucking in there on the internet and stuff. And then there's two employees standing behind a counter that she has what 
wiping, wiping stuff. Yeah, just wiping the whole wiping. time. And then there's two other people in the store. Yep. It's like I have been to too many of these. <laughs> just gone. There's no money in coffee like that. I mean, you're not gonna open a super highly successful coffee shop now. It's done. Yeah, we've seen them. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the fancy ones. Yeah, and I like to go, although they don't do large coffees, which is like, I don't like. That. I know that. I like a large man. Yeah. Motherfucker hand you 12 ounces of cold brew. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want 23 ounces yeah, of cold Yeah, you got to order two. Yeah. I won't do that, though, because then that'll make me look like a maniac. Um, so, uh, But when you the, are a maniac. You just own it. When the couple, You should be like, hey, maniac shop at this place, too, just so you know. <laughs> like 13 and 13, 12 ounces is quite the ceiling <laughs> to put on how much coffee you can get. I don't like that. Plus carrying two cups. You know, I just want to carry one cup. You want one big cup. One cup about, yay. Okay. Of That's what I get. I get a cold brew, a large cold brew at Starbucks. How, what's a Dunkin'. large? I don't know. I can what's look the up. ounceage on a large? It's a lot. It's a lot. But you don't I, get Trenty or whatever it's called? I, I would, listen, I can't get Trenta. You haven't got up to Trenta? I'm not, I'm not a Trenta guy. You're not, you're not maniacal I enough. I don't want to be a guy that gets Trenta, you know? That's surprising. <laughs> what? I don't have I one like of those I feel like you would be proud of it. I feel like you'd be proud that you get Trenta. I don't have one of those big refillable mugs that you take to the gas station so you can really fill up for 59 cents. Like, I was never a guy like that. I never have one of those, you know? Okay. I don't like to, like, get... Uh, it's like having a trough in front of you. Like, I don't want it to get too big. Okay. I want it to be big, you know? Big, but not too big. Yeah, there's, like, so it's to be a point where a thing becomes fucking enormous. So were you happy when Wendy's got rid of Biggie size? No, I get mad about that though too. Really? Because I want a large drink from the when I go get a Wendy's or something. When I go get fast food, I want a large drink. I always go large, as I've said. But do you agree with them dialing back the large size? I mean, my li our listeners are going to be really mad and everything, but I think they should have the large size. Oh, you're liberal. I worked with all these people. What are you, Governor Cuomo? No, 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 no. I'm saying you're the that mayor I think of New York right now. You should be right able now? to have a large. Okay, okay. I think you should be able to have a two X. I think I, I, I fucking for for over a decade. I worked with people who brought an enormous cup from the gas station to work every day. There's Just big bubba's. A, a, a thing where you like have a handle so you can carry it like a bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, KFC did buckets of soda for a while too, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. And I want fucking people to, if that makes them feel good, I want okay. them to be able to have a bucket. I okay. just feel bad. I feel It's not your bad. sizing. Okay. Yeah, it's all... I just want to know where it's at. I just want to know what the range is. Yeah. Big yeah. as anybody that asks, but there is too big for you. Yeah, big is a, I think big is a good explanation. I want big for normal people, right? Like okay. so a guy like you, you go in there, you're going to you, get like a, a medium. I have a medium. Maybe yeah. even a small. I do if you so, know, if I'm feeling bad about myself. Yes. I want 
more than you. Okay. Okay. You just want to know that you had, what did that guy order? <laughs> that guy right there. <laughs> little string bing fellow over I, there. I want more than medium. Okay. That's all I want. Got it. I don't want infinitely more than medium. Okay. Like, I don't, I, I don't want a gallon. Got it. I don't want to have a gallon of anything on me. You <laughs> okay. know? Not even just cold brew. Like a gallon of Mountain Dew is like, okay. Gallon of iced cool tea it. I could get with. I no, I don't want to you don't need it. Well, I mean you do. I mean, yeah. if you want it, you can have it. That's the thing. I I'm not a nanny state guy. I just think that we should be taking a look. <laughs> At how large these cups are getting. Well, they did. They got rid of Biggie really size. just marveling. That's what them. I'm saying. They fucking got rid of Biggie <laughs> size, dude. Biggie size rock. Because there biggie was size. Biggie. <laughs> yeah. There was a regular Biggie. And then there was Biggie size. Which is such a fucking weird <laughs> concept. Like, it's like a half thought up idea. Yeah. Biggie size. Make that shit Biggie. Yeah, yeah. Biggie, Biggie. Biggie, biggie. One biggie up. A biggie, like a biggie. When they got rid of those huge cups at the yeah. uh, at the fast food places, I remember being so like mad yeah. about it. That's the kind of thing I want to sit down well, and talk to liberals about. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, like you, you took something away from us <laughs> that we loved. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's, yeah. That's what I want. We love payday advances, and we love the largest fry possible. <laughs> the fry thing is ridiculous. Fry Lover XL is around still. They ne one. You can't. They never have it. They never have it in stock. Never. Well, they're just like we don't have that. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't they didn't think make they enough. Make two yeah. buckets of fries. Yeah, two baskets. You of know fries. what I mean? But uh, McDonald's used to sell I, fries in a fucking bucket. I gotta a go. Little bucket. I have to go pee all over myself. Okay, here's the deal. You're going to go pee, then I'm going to go pee, and then we're going to finish <laughs> okay. the show. Well, why don't we just finish Let's the show? Let's finish the show. Yeah, yeah. I can hold it for a minute. Yeah, we've done it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Our ranting about payday advance and fry sizes. Hey, you didn't have to hear a lot of coronavirus talk. Yeah, who fuck that? Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting what we do. We're Street Fight Radio. We will be back uh, on Sunday night. We're taking your calls. If you want to talk to us about what fucked up things your work are doing, your work is doing. Um, I was also shrooming a little bit during this, so I felt like I like I got caught up on my own words. So please, uh, please uh, accept my apology for not being on my my best uh, podcasting behavior. We did get a write in from Aaron, who is a legal aid attorney, and what they said was basically that like the reason that most tenants won't accept partial rent is because legally it shows some sort of like it shows that you're willing to deal or that you're willing to make like some sort of concessions with the person and in the eyes of the court they're like well you took a partial rent like why don't you just work this out ah uh, so it's very anti uh, yeah yeah i i get that yeah I, I, I mean i get it but you know it's whatever. yeah it's awful uh, thanks for listening to Street Fight Radio. We'll see you later. I have to go pee my pants. Peace.